Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. We are back and going to be talking about some interesting stuff happening this past week and this upcoming week. We have a huge announcement on the video game front. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and continue like we always do and talk about comics. Uh, today's uh, comic was a very interesting one. It was Deadpool issue number one. Yep, not Despicable Deadpool, not any other Deadpool, just regular old Deadpool. And I gotta say, it was a very funny uh, entry. It's actually been a while since Deadpool had his own ongoing series. The last time we saw Deadpool, he had teamed up with Wolverine, and before that, he was King of the Monsters. Whether or not he's still King of the Monsters, no idea. But anyway, to start off this comic series, he is basically going up for an audition, and not any old audition. He is auditioning to be a part of an elite group of assassins that hold a contest almost every year to allow new members to join. And Deadpool is up for this year. His target? Dr. Octopus. And Deadpool has been given about 48 hours to track him down and basically kill him. Now, Deadpool begins to watch Doc Ock, whether it be in the laundromat, changing his undies, or a close-up with Ew written on the picture. And there's a few other colorful ones, but I gotta say, it's very Deadpool. But anyway, he's stalking his prey to make sure when he strikes, it is at the right moment. So he basically decides he's going to attack Doc Ock in his lab. But before he's even able to get to him, he is attacked by that harrower. No idea who the harrower is? Well, I kind of didn't know who that was either. So when I looked her up, she was apparently the poison ivy of the Marvel Universe with the added bonus of two controlling animals as well as plants. She drugs Deadpool and takes him to her lab where she ties him down. She reveals because of his healing factor, he is the perfect host for a damaged part of Carnage, the symbiote, to grow inside him. He makes a few quips about how he loves being tied up and if she wanted a date so badly, she could have just asked. She inserts the symbiote into him and he asks what day it is. She reveals that it is Wednesday and it is 10 p.m. He was given this assignment on Monday. So that means his 24, not 24, his 48 hours is almost up and he only has two hours to kill Doc Ock. Now he pulls out of his restraint, which surprises her because he was poisoned and with enough sedatives to apparently take down an elephant. But because of his healing factor and metabolism, he escapes and he is surrounded by these plants and mutated animals and they all converge on him attacking, but he ends up pulling a Looney Tunes and gets out. Now, he is on the run, trying to kill Doc Ock and escape the Harrower. She notices that he is gone, and they chase after him. Now, I gotta say, this is just hilarious, just how this is all breaking down. So, now, he goes back on the roof where Doc Ock is, t- picks up his two swords, and begins slashing all the plants and animals that come at him. He jumps through the window, attempting to kill Doc Ock, But two hands pop out from his stomach, which look very similar to Carnage's. Now, the Harrower reveals that it is coming. Carnage is coming to Doc Ock's interest. And it looks like Doc Ock will be helping the Harrower basically grow Carnage. Now, I gotta say, this issue was definitely interesting. And I'm curious to see Carnage back because, I mean, at this point, Carnage is going to be re-embodied 
reincarnated because he's done it so many times. The most interesting part is that they announced that we're having a new symbiote event happening over the summer. So my guess is this is all connected. Am I happy about this new event? Not really. This is like the fifth, sixth symbiote event they've had and I'm honestly over it. But we'll see how good Carnage comes back and see if Cletus Cassidy has found his way back from the dead. Anyway, I am super happy to see how it goes and curious to see how Spider-Man will get involved because so far two of his villains are a part of this now. Anyway, moving on, we're going to be moving on to talking about DC and this new comic series called Batman and the Joker, Deadly Duo. Now, I love reading about comic series where Batman and Joker has teamed up. There has been a couple of them in the past, one specifically about them having to travel throughout Europe. But this one is also an interesting one, and it begins with Harley being kidnapped by a mysterious figure, who is holding her hostage. She talks about how the Joker is going to find him, and they'll have fun killing him. Now, he laughs and scoffs it off and says, we'll see. Back in Gotham, the GCPD and Batman are on a crime scene where an ex-SWAT cop has been murdered and torn apart. Bullock is on the scene because Gordon is on vacation with the Batman. They believe it was the Joker who killed him, but Batman has his doubts considering that the killer got a shot in and pieces of a person's skull is found at the scene. And he jumped down a five-story building and left. Batman notes that while the Joker is crazy, he is still human and would not been able to walk away with a gunshot wound to the head. Bullet quips about how Gordon picked a wonderful time to go on vacation and he also gets a call about a possible suspect running through downtown and Batman goes before Bullet can inform him. Batman sees the suspect and he has makeup similar to the Joker but different. He is also mutated. Batman launches himself from the Batmobile and punches him. But the dude is kind of super strong and Batman breaks his hand punching him. And it was, gotta say, very interesting to see a surprise on Batman's face. So he ends up fighting for his life, throwing batarangs at this guy to the point where he allows the car to launch these so-called drones, which I think he calls them vampires or something. Anyway, they tase uh, the suspect, all four of them, at high voltage, kind of knocking this guy out. GCPD SWAT comes in and their captain, who Batman comments is corrupt, attempts to undermine Batman in this situation and take the suspect in. While Batman is trying to warn them, a cop is killed and the suspect begins to run inside a building. The cops fire on it, but Batman realizes that where he ran in is where the gas lines is. So he runs and tries to cover as many civilians as he can within his cape before it explodes. Now, after the explosion, Batman is back in his bat cave and is basically treating the hairline fracture he received, punching this guy's face in. Now, the captain blames Batman, because of course he does, and Batman gets a message from the Joker with a piece of flesh inside that they link to Commissioner Gordon. Joker does his best Hannibal impression, and Batman threatens to throw Joker off the roof, but, I mean, it's the Joker. He just laughs it off and tells him that don't threaten him with a good time, because of course he knows Batman is not going to throw him off the roof. He also begins to tell Batman that... Harley is missing and that he needs his help to find him because no one takes 
Bat, uh, Joker's property, and who best to help him but the Batman. He also tells him that the clock is ticking on Gordon, and he will release him once he found Harley. Now, Joker spits on his hand and tells Batman to shake. Batman spits on him and thus begins a partnership while figures stare at them, wearing Joker makeup and is part of the same mutation as the suspect before. Now, I gotta say, the art in this comic is fantastic. It gives it such a noir type of impression, and honestly, it's really great. And the artwork for the mutated person, for the Batman and the Joker, really makes it interesting. Now, I gotta say, for this comic, um... I get that Batman is such a big figure in DC, but I mean, the dude has like eight running comics right now. Uh, as much as I love Batman, it'd be great if any other hero got the same love and attention, but I mean, it's DC and it's Batman. Now, I do have my theories on how this is going to go. Now, I believe that Langstrom is responsible for these mutated figures. And if you don't know who Langstrom is, he is basically Man-Bat. Because I gotta say, these figures look very similar in form, and I believe they'll have some links. If he's not behind it, maybe someone took the same formula he used to turn himself into Man Bat, and probably uh, made it to where, instead of going full on bats, they become more mutated, stronger, faster, and take on um, some characteristics. I mean, these guys are very clever. They're not, like, dumb brutes. These guys know how to fight, track... And we'll see how smart they actually are. Not to mention durable. Very, very durable. I'm very curious to see how this series will progress. And I'm looking forward to seeing more Joker and Batman team up. Anyway, that is it for comics. We're going to be moving on to TV shows. Now, The Last of Us series has finally gotten a release date. And I'm happy about that. I am such a Last of Us fan. I cannot wait to see Pedro Pascal and others in the show and see how well they do it. Now, the release date is January 15th. So, if you guys don't have anything planned on January, well, here it is, The Last of Us. And I can't wait to see it. I'm going to I'm gonna be sad once it ends, and I'm going to be sad that I have to wait every week until a new episode. Anyway, moving on, Sandman has apparently been renewed for Season 2. And I'm happy about that. The first season of Sandman was fantastic, and I was really worried for a minute because there are some storylines that they never got to do because of the season, oh, basically because it was a short season, and they can only focus on so much. So focusing on the other storylines would be great, and I hope we really have some great episodes like we did before, especially the episode 6 one. Oh my god, death being there and finding out that uh, Sandman has a best friend. Anyway, looking forward to more coming out of Sandman, but moving on, The Ghost and Molly McGee has been renewed for Season 2 and will be airing in 2023. So for all those Disney fanatics, here you go, another great series. Speaking of great series, My Hero Academia has uh, premiered its Season 6, and I gotta say, the episodes so far have been really dark for the series, and... Judging from uh, the manga from people I've talked to, it's going to get much darker, especially when a lot of the characters start to die or becoming more and more corrupt and actually killing other villains. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, but one of the villains that were written very well died, and I won't, again, I won't spoil who, but I got to say that episode was very heartbreaking. 
I really liked the character, even though he was the villain. And I really interested to see where they all go from here. I haven't watched the latest episode because I'm kind of debating whether or not to get leave it alone for a week or two. Then I'll have a couple more episodes to watch or I can be spoiled and then just say what the hell and just start watching them again. Things to think about, things to do, all that good stuff. But anyway, uh, that is actually it for TV shows. We're going to be moving on to movies. Now, the new trailer for Avatar, The Way of Water, has dropped, and it looks pretty good. Talk about something that we've been waiting for for about, what, 10? No, no, 2009, 13 years? Oh my god, 13 years. Talk about waiting. I think the only people who have us beat are probably those guys waiting for, I forgot what the book is called, but George R.R. Martin's next entry in the Game of Thrones series. Those are people who will probably know the pain of waiting that long. Don't know if they've waited just as long as 13 years. I know they've been waiting over a decade, but who knows? But anyway, it looks like uh, the humans are back and are going to try to um, wage a full-scale war. On the natives. So they will need the help from the water tribe of Pandora than other natives. And apparently we're going to be seeing more of the planet not seen before. And because of how long they spent with the graphics, it's supposed to look incredible. And I believe it. I mean, when Avatar first came out, the graphics were incredible, very detailed. And James Cameron has such a great way of writing these stories that I honestly can't wait for it. Now, Sigourney Weaver is back as a new character, but is in fact a reincarnation of the previous character she did, and I can't wait to see for that to be explored. Now, Stephen Lang is also back. Uh, He was the main villain in the first Avatar movie, so seeing him be resurrected or becoming the villain again is definitely going to be fun, and I can't wait to see how that goes. Anyway, looking forward to seeing it this December and just having a good old time. Uh, Speaking of having a good old time, the trailer for Christmas Story 2 has dropped, and I gotta say, it was one movie I didn't think I'd see. Now, it does look cute, I'm not gonna lie. It does have most of the original actors come back, reprising their role, and Ralphie, now an adult, is hosting Christmas like his late father before him, and finding it that it's more complicated to host Christmas than anything else, especially with the weight of everything going around him, being a father, uh, making sure his mother is okay, making sure everything goes on perfect. Like I said, I can't wait to see how it goes, and surprisingly enough, it's not coming out during Christmas. It's coming out during uh, November, November 17th. So again, very interesting that Christmas movies are now playing in November. I guess uh, November does not matter. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, speaking of other movies releasing in November, Dischanted 2 trailer has been released. And I gotta say, it looks really fun. So, this movie takes place about a few years, well, more than a decade after the first movie. Uh, Giselle has wed Robert. They've lived in New York, but now are going to a new change of scenery. So, now they're moving to the suburbs and have to do deal with a new queen bee, the homeowners association head. 
I feel like many, many people are going to relate to this one. Anyway, uh, she feels like she has no control. She's feeling overwhelmed. So she decides to turn to magic and turns the entire town into a fairy tale with magic in tow. Now she has to find a way to reverse the effects of this spell before it's too late. Now, the interesting twist about this, and I really like it, is that Giselle is a stepmother. So, according to fairy tale law, apparently, Giselle will not only be playing a hero, but also a villainess. So, this should be very interesting, considering that she will try to break the spell, or maybe the trailer lied to us, and she won't be trying to break the spell that they're going to try to convince her to do away with the spell. Anyway, I'm super excited for this. I can't wait to see what songs come out of it. I mean... Like I said, uh, Enchanted 1 was really fun. It was really great. Some good songs. So I really can't wait to see what Part 2 holds for us. Uh, Also, speaking of Part 2, Wakanda Forever is going to be premiering this Thursday. And I'm going to be watching it. And afterwards, I'm going to be doing a non, again, non-spoiler review about the movie. I honestly can't wait. It looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, Moving on to video games, EA has uh, struck a deal with Marvel and is going to be releasing three games with Marvel. Now, I am really, really not excited about this, considering it is EA, and if you guys have seen EA's past when it came to the deal they had with Star Wars, or when it came to their most fabulous creation, their latest creation, uh, Battlefield 2042, or if we want to go back to Anthem, which was a disaster, I don't see why Marvel decided to go with EA for a three-game deal. Now, this will be starting off with the Iron Man game. Now, I mean, I'm really hoping that it's Respawn that is going to be helming this deal, or at least doing the Iron Man game, because that's the only way I'm seeing a win here. Now, like I said, uh, I'm glad that it's not an exclusivity deal, Because that would suck, and that would take away from a lot of good things. So, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, the EA game is good, and it's not drowned with uh, loot boxes and all that stuff. Because, remember, kids, we can do worse than Square Enix's Avengers. We can do much, much worse. Oh, another thing. Um... I don't know what's going on with Marvel games, but apparently we're going to be getting much more from uh, the universe that Sony has created with their Spider-Man game and upcoming Wolverine game. So we'll see how this all connects in the end. Moving on, a game I didn't think was coming out or would have gotten a sequel is Bendy. Uh, Bendy Dark Revival is coming out uh, actually this month on Steam. And the first Bendy game was actually pretty good. It's actually a very underrated gem on Steam. If you haven't played it, I believe it's called uh, The Machine or Dark Machine. I really would recommend it. It's really creepy. Uh, I've heard they improved some of the aspects, especially the puzzle games, and improved on the formula they had. So I'm hoping this lives up to the first one's hype. Because like I said, the first one was actually pretty interesting. Very unique, especially with the art style they did. And the storyline with a crazy killer cartoon ink character from the 1930s. Uh, Excited to see where it all goes. And I can't wait and wonder if Bendy's going to get some type of anime. That would actually be really good too. An anime Bendy. Oof. The horrors. 
Anyway, moving on, uh, God of War is going to be coming out this coming Tuesday. And I am already mad because videos are already coming out spoiling the game. I opened YouTube and I'm like, nope, that's part of the new game. Scrolling down, scrolling down, and it's annoying. For those of you who've gotten an early release, don't spoil or post videos. And those who just decide to post videos, stop it. We want to be surprised. Come on, this is probably going to be the game of the year. Calling it now. Uh, But anyway, a lot of reviewers have already claimed that this is the perfect game. And like I said, I'm going to be playing it this upcoming Tuesday. And I will give you my two cents on it. And I'm really hoping it lives up to the hype. Uh, I'm really hoping it's living up to the hype. Uh, Anyway, uh, Black Adam seems to have arrived on multiverses, and apparently he is a brawler. Apparently he is a good counter to Superman with his lightning and can do some serious damage. So, for those of you who love multiverses, Black Adam, your king, has arrived. Uh, Evil West is apparently releasing in November, and it seems like it's uh, kind of like a shooter up mixed with assassin's creed type game where you'll be facing off against vampires i mean the characters seem okay for this and i really hope the story is good and maybe some of my friends will buy the game so we can try it out but i am really wondering if this game is going to live up to the hype it's getting or die off after being casted under the shadow of god of war since the time frame for these games coming out is around the same Anyway, Forged by Fog is the next expansion in the Dead by Daylight series, and it looks to be an interesting one. This upcoming killer is a knight whose abilities, from what it looks like, is to summon other knights. And when I mean knights, I mean like medieval knights. And I can't wait. The trailer didn't show much, but I mean, it's Dead by Daylight. The game has been active for the past seven years. And I mean, the formula is great. It really can scare you at times. The villains they've released have been pretty good. I can't wait to see it. I love playing it, especially during Halloween. So we'll see how good of a scare this one gets you. I really hope it's not broken because that samurai dude, God, that still gives me nightmares. Uh, Speaking of nightmares, Modern Warfare 2. Some of the maps on this game have been, um, how do I put this? A camper's paradise. I keep getting killed by campers. Seriously. Some of these things, they just camp. Oh, I forgot what the heck this one map is. It's like there's a building in the middle, but it's like a little grassland foresty area. It is one of the worst maps. It's not Tariq, is it? Tarek, maybe. Oh, speaking of maps, uh, apparently uh, Modern Warfare 2, the developer, is getting sued by the hotel that the Amsterdam uh, map is based off of. It's a real hotel, and apparently they're suing Modern uh, Warfare 2 developers, and they're going to have to take down the map until they can get this all sorted. So I got to I got to say that map is actually pretty good. It's actually one of my favorites. So to see it go bye-bye, it's actually kind of sad. Anyway, uh one of my friends has already gotten three golden guns. Uh his name is RJ and has gotten two gunships in one game. Yeah, he's that good. He usually goes mobile over power, so that's pretty fun. But anyway, I am excited to see how Warzone 2 is going to go, especially since it's releasing in a couple weeks. And hopefully that, um, hopefully the game is good. I'm really hoping that's the case. There are some glitches here and there, but nothing too bad. 
nothing too bad. Uh, some achievements aren't showing up, and sometimes the operators stay the same no matter how many times you change it. Again, uh, stuff that things will happen. Anyway, moving on, Mai from Overwatch 2 has been taken out of the game. Now, there apparently there was this glitch to allow players to use her ice wall to go to other locations that were out of bounds for other players to do. Uh, and by doing this, it allowed players to use the wall to be able to fire and kill anyone without dying. So again, not a good thing, but it's going to be interesting for all those my operators to not have their main during this entire crisis for them. So my condolences and hopefully my is put back into the game. Moving on, uh, like I said before, I honestly cannot wait for God of War Ragnarok and I think it's going to be game of the year. And that's it for video games. We're going to be moving on to nerd theories. Now, like I said before, uh, game of the year. So I believe there is going to be some very fierce competition uh, going around. So, of course, there's going to be The Last of Us Part 1, Elden Ring, Dying Light, Lego Star Wars. Uh, those are just to name a few of the games that come out this year. That's going to be giving uh, God of War some fierce competition. And I think the one game, or I actually think it's going to come down to two games, Elden Ring and God of War. Now, when it comes to what's going to determine which game wins Game of the Year, I think it's going to come down to between these two games, and it's going to come down to plot. Because battle mechanic-wise, I mean, you can argue one for the other, and it will be a hard determination. But when it comes to plot, not so much. Because when it comes to Elden Ring's plot... It's very hard to know because you have to gather the information at first. You have to go out of your way to find stuff, find the lore, find the story. And there's always something new being discovered. So, I mean, while there is a plot, it is not out there, unlike God of War. God of War is a open world, but it does have a singular plot line where you just can continue the main story and be able to move forward. So I believe that's what's going to give God of War the, uh, what's the word, the edge over Elden Ring. Although I do believe that Elden Ring is going to win a lot of rewards. It definitely deserves to win a lot of rewards. But again, I believe God of War is going to win uh, overall the game of the year. I gotta say, it's kind of sad that, uh, kind of funny, that Microsoft will have no games this year to speak of that may not win any major awards. I mean, I can't really think of a Microsoft-exclusive game that has come out this year that I'm like, you know what? It's great game and game of the year worthy. Uh, Sony ha took it, uh, I believe they took it last year. The previous year was The Last of Us Part Two that won a bunch of them. Uh, didn't win game of the year, but the uh, two of us did, from my understanding. But anyway, we'll see what happens this year, and we'll see how fierce the competition actually is. Uh, moving on to current events, uh, this is going to be very interesting. Apparently, the Powerball, uh, yes, the lottery, is now at $1.9 billion. That's right, $1.9 billion. Uh, for those of you wondering why I said it like that, Austin Powers, all I have to say. And it's one of the biggest payouts that they've seen. Now, for those of you wondering, and those of you who are going to be going on Monday to buy some lottery tickets, 
I wonder what people will do if they win the lottery. Will they spend it all? Will they save some of that money? Or the better question is that, are they going to take it as a lump sum? Or are they going to get uh, annual payments? Which I think is going to be the smart thing to do. Because if you think about it, if you get a one-time payment on a lump sum, the government is going to take it. I mean... First, it's going to become uh, tax, income taxes, state taxes, and blah, blah, blah. And every year you don't use the money, they're just going to keep on taking the taxes. They're going to be doing that. Now, when it comes to being paid out uh, annually or being paid out every year, you have a chance to spend that money. You have a chance to use, invest over time. And the government won't be able to take a large sum, only what you were paid out that year. Anyway, uh, that is my two cents on that subject. And hopefully someone wins. If you do, please donate to my organization. Anyway, uh, that is it uh, for this week's episode. I know it was a short one, but of course, short and sweet. (laughs) Anyway, uh, good luck, sayonara, and hopefully you guys have a blessed one. Goodbye.